Let's hear it for Friendly Physics. Learning by listening. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you are stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you get pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there's something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tasted by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. The curry spice chickpea bowl is one of my favorites and makes meal prep easy. Go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. We've spent the last five episodes or so talking about something called one-dimensional motion. We covered some important vocab words like position, velocity, and acceleration, as well as ways to talk about those descriptors of motion. We learned the words constant, instantaneous, average, increasing, decreasing. However, we only talked about motion in terms of one dimension. Motion that is going back or forth, left or right. We are going to spend the next episodes talking about two-dimensional motion. Motion that is up and left, down and right. We are going to add a whole new dimension to motion. But before we do that, we are going to check off one more type of one-dimensional motion. Vertical motion, motion that is up or down. When we start to talk about vertical motion, we will have to worry about gravity. If you throw a ball up into the air, what happens? It goes up and up and up, but eventually it comes back down. We are still going to use the same words, position, velocity, and acceleration to talk about vertical up and down motion. In formulas, just like before, you will usually see velocity represented as a V and acceleration as an A. When we talk about horizontal motion, objects moving left and right, like cars and runners on racetracks, we talked about position as an X. Initial position is x naught, and an x with a little zero next to it. And final position is x sub f, an x with a little f next to it, f for final. When we talk about vertical position, instead of using an x to talk about position, we are going to use the letter y. Why the letter y? Think about your xy axis on a graph. Your x-axis goes left and right, horizontally, and your y-axis goes up and down, vertically. It's not the worst thing to mix up these letters right now because we are talking about things falling down, so we're still just in one dimension. 
but when we start to talk about objects that move down and left, or right and up, we will be talking about two dimensions, and you will need both letters to represent that information. It's better to just start now and get used to using X for left and right, horizontal motion, and Y for up and down, vertical motion. There are two formulas that we will really use. They're called your kinematic equations. You might see different representations of them, the formulas flipped around and such to solve for different variables, depending on what site you're looking at. But these two that I have cover most of all that. The first formula says V is equal to V naught plus A times T. Velocity is equal to initial velocity plus acceleration times time. This formula gives you the velocity of an object at a given time during its fall. If you want to know how fast an apple is moving two seconds after it fell from the tree, you would use this formula. The other formula is a little more complicated. It wouldn't hurt to search kinematic equations so that you can see it written out. The formula says position equals initial position plus initial velocity times time plus one half acceleration times time squared. You'll usually see this written as y equals y naught plus v naught t plus one half a t squared. To make these formulas easier to use, there are also a few important things to know about these variables. For example, when we talk about an object in free fall, the initial velocity, v naught, is zero meters per second. Imagine that you hold a ball out in front of you, you open your hand and drop it. You don't push it down or throw it down, just drop. In the instant that you open your hand, the ball is still and then it starts to fall. In that initial instant, the velocity is zero meters per second. So we will always replace V naught with zero in these formulas for free fall. If you wanna test this out, set up your phone, record a video of yourself dropping an object like a ball, do it in slow motion and it will be a little bit easier to see how the ball is paused for just an instant before it starts to fall. If the object is hitting the ground, the Y position is going to be zero meters. We say that the ground is zero. The A for acceleration is the most important part about vertical motion. When an object is moving vertically, up or down, the acceleration of the object is going to be negative 9.8 meters per second squared. When you use these equations, instead of using A, replace the letter with the number negative 9.8. Why 9.8 and why negative? 
Well, we are going to be using negative acceleration because the objects are accelerating down. Gravity pulls down and it is easiest to work with a standard that up is positive and down is negative. 9.8 is just the constant value that's used. Scientists have tested and calculated and discovered that when an object falls on Earth, its velocity increases at a constant rate of 9.8 meters per second squared. A equals negative 9.8. Kind of an interesting fact, at the equator, the constant for gravity is a little bit less. It's about negative 9.7. If you're at the poles, it's a little bit higher, about negative 9.9. The key to most physics problems is to keep track of the information that you have, know, and need. I like to write these out at the top of my paper so that I don't forget which letters in the formula I'm dealing with, especially when you have a formula that looks like that second one. For example, let's imagine that you're standing at the edge of a cliff. You drop a rock off in time that it takes 2.2 seconds to hit the ground. How high is the cliff? You have the information that time equals 2.2. You need the initial position. You wanna find out how tall the cliff is, so you wanna find out where the rock started, the height of the cliff. You also know some information because we're talking about free fall here. You know that the acceleration is negative 9.8. A equals negative 9.8 because of gravity. You know that the final position, y, is zero because the rock hits the ground. And you know that the initial velocity is zero. V naught equals zero because you drop the rock. The rock is still in that instant before it starts to fall. Now, that second formula becomes much easier to use. Y equals Y naught plus V naught T plus one half AT squared. You have or know all those letters except for initial position, which in this case is what you need. When you replace the letters with the numbers, solve for what you need. Why not? Initial position. Rearrange your formula so that you have why not alone, and then calculate. Always break that problem down into what you have, need, and know. Freefall means that an object is falling. It was dropped, so its initial velocity is zero. It is moving vertically, so we have to take into account gravity, making the acceleration negative 9.8 meters per second squared. If the falling object hits the ground, then we can say that its final position, y, is zero. Use the information that you have and know 
and you will be able to calculate what you need. Next episode, we will spend a little bit of time breaking down these formulas so that we understand how to use them and where they came from. Thanks for listening.